everyone, this is Babel, I'm Megan Thomas, and today I'll be chatting with Abir Amir. She is a poet whose poems have been published across many online and print journals, and her debut collection, Inhale Exile, published by Serum Books, is out now and tells stories from Iraq. Hi, Abir, how are you? Hi, uh, hi, Megan. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And where are you based today? Where, where am I speaking to you from? Uh, Cardiff. Cardiff. Wonderful. And so I'd love to start by chatting to you about this kind of journey to poetry. So you're a dentist. Am I right in thinking you're still a dentist? In spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't practice um, okay. clinical dentistry anymore. But yes, I, I trained as a dentist and uh, I did a, a master's in conscious sedation in dentistry, which is uh, treating anxious patients. Okay. And uh, yeah, I haven't worked for a while. I retired. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of time then to focus on your poetry. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where did the poetry start? Were you still working on other stuff when you, when you started? Actually, the reason I um, left dentistry was um, I became quite ill in the middle of doing my master's. So uh, I'd finished the clinical part of my master's and um, I was writing a dissertation. So it changed, kind of changed the focus of the dissertation to include mindfulness as a, as a way of uh, addressing anxiety, uh, dental anxiety. And um, at the time as well, I did some mindfulness courses and uh, and some counselling courses as well. So part of that included uh, writing a reflective practice. So I, I, I'm not really a great essay writer. So what I found was it was quite nice to just uh, explore things through poetry. So uh, <laughs> the homework that I kept sending was poems rather than actually, you know, I feel this, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of thing. So that's how, how it started, really. So I understand you were also um, part of someone who we previously had on Babel, Christina Thatcher. You were part of her writers group. Was that there in the early stages or had you already kind of established that you wanted to write poetry when you joined this? Well, I actually met uh, Christina before that. There was a, there was a different class. Um, that was the first creative writing class I'd attended, actually. Um, and it was Christina and um, Emma Bynan. And together they, they it, was, it was, I think, a community project. So that was, that was really great. You know, that it was the first time I'd done anything like that. So then after that finished and we produced an anthology, um, then, you know, I thought, well, actually, Christina's really good. Let's see. Let's let's see what else I can um, join. Mm. You know, so uh, Roth Writers was there as well. And do you think that kind of poetry, or not even poetry, just writing communities and circles and things like that, are important to you as a writer? Uh, certainly, in the early days, it was very important, just in terms of prompts, uh, because I didn't know what to write about. Really, um, it was usually things that were going on in my life at the time that I, I'd write about. But certainly with the workshops and the kind of writing groups that Christina ran, she'd introduce poems as well, which I, I 
probably wouldn't have come across otherwise, to, <laughs> to be honest. And I think more than writing groups, actually, people uh, that are supportive are really important in, in the writing process. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you've said about prompts is so interesting because so I also I did a creative writing degree and I found that people often ask, did they teach you to write, which is annoying, but and not necessarily something you can answer. But what it does teach you is just that discipline to write. It teaches you to sit down with a prompt and just do it. And it's such a useful yeah. thing in the beginning, especially if you don't really know where to start or what's important enough to write about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, prompts are really uh, useful. And also, I guess um, it, it, it um, encourages you to think about something in a different mm. way. If, especially with the other poems that you know we read uh, as i said i wouldn't have come across them otherwise but it was kind of seeing things from a different point of view and uh, that was really useful as opposed to yeah just you know well, that, that's so interesting you say that because <laughs> one of the big themes in your books that i that in your book that i really admire is how you've almost you've taken a similar experience in the sense that it's the same context time place kind of time may vary a bit but ultimately the experiences are so different because they're so perspective based uh, and is this something that you found your writing circles around as perspective that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> I'm um I think it's it's quite um a combination of, mm. of factors that helped me imagine things from a different point of view so even when I was a dentist and I was, uh, you know, part of the helping overcoming dental anxiety, part of it is to actually take a good history and uh, to kind of find out what it is exactly that is the issue. It's not um, what the dentist says, it's what the patient says is the issue. So um, that, that was really helpful, actually, in kind of seeing things from another point of view that sense and I, I guess it just carried on yeah when I when I think about particular characters I'd imagine their point of view and their experience at that time I'd love to talk to you a bit more now about um kind of the theme of Islamic art and Iraqi culture specifically in your debut and you talk about Iraqi immigrants in Britain as well as those still in Iraq and the kind of immense violence and hardship being experienced there and the really tricky um, social dynamic arriving in Britain. And it seems like your poetry does um, rely on those themes. And so you're born in Sunderland, I think I read, and um, yeah. Cardiff. And so was it important to you to get these kind of route across? Uh, well, the, the stories are very much a kind of a family history. Uh, although I haven't said who is who <laughs> in yeah. the book um you know the things that are going on in Iraq at the time were things that were on my mind because as as I was growing up you know there was the uh the first Gulf War before that there was the Iran-Iraq War um you know and then things continued you know so so you know even though I was here my mind my heart and mind, I guess, were always there as well. So it was really 
just part of the process of unraveling it all, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I had to write about both places uh, simultaneously because that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. And it's also interesting to see how you use um, things like food, for instance, to kind of imagine up um, feelings and experiences. And food is something that could be so nostalgic, especially when writing. You kind of get all the smells going and then you can sit down and be creative with it. Was this something that kind of comes naturally because it's an important part of your life and your experience? Or is it something you felt like you were kind of inserting into the poetry? I think food is... such a big part of uh, yeah such a big part of a culture as well and because I I, I, although I was born in Sunderland I actually grew up in Middlesbrough for the first eight years before we came to Cardiff and at that time the kind of uh, I I remember my grandparents were able to visit that was uh, before they stopped before they stopped travel from Iraq uh, to the UK Uh, so like I remember my grandparents coming and they brought this thing called date syrup, which we didn't have in Middlesbrough, certainly. We have it now in Cardiff, <laughs> in City Road, uh, particularly. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we didn't have that stuff at the time. And so that, it was such a treat, you know. Um, so, yeah, food is really important. You yeah. know, there's lots of things. That, most recently, you know, my husband grew up in Iraq. And so there are foods that he used to like growing up that, uh, I hadn't really come across so Iraqi pickle is a marriage thing that I really <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that comes up a couple of times <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. yeah okay and so then I also read on your publisher's website um, that you consider yourself to be very shy so firstly sorry for making you come on a camera and talk to me <laughs> yes <laughs> it's kind of counterintuitive uh, I sort of run <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's something that's really fascinating to me because it does seem like it's actually a bit of a recurring theme amongst writers. They find that they can be completely themselves and happy and content in their heads and then actually reading something out loud or being in a public situation that's actually quite stressful. And perhaps it's because writers have become so good at writing down how they feel and curating what they're feeling that suddenly when you're put on the pressure to to feel it live, it, it has a bit of a different a different feel. Yes, but, yeah. But so my question is, do you find that you write poetry for kind of your internal self, or is it something you do enjoy reading out loud and, and sharing? Uh, I I that's a good question as well. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't say that I enjoy reading it out loud because I guess I enjoy sharing, yeah. uh, especially if I get kind of nice feedback that's a really that's a really nice thing and it makes the you know the palpitations worth it um but uh yeah when I write poetry I like when I was writing for the book uh, for the book I knew that it was going to be shared and so even though there are many things that are kind of um that I understand really well I I found that I did need to at times explain or elaborate a bit so that the reader would understand as well. So in that sense, I did write some things with the reader in mind. But uh, when I started, I mean, the first poem of this book, I wasn't intent to share it at all. So that was just for me to kind of um, 
make sense of some things and eventually you know it yeah it, it grew and uh I thought well I'd better share these actually yeah and so is that the process did you have a few books and then start looking for a publisher and then write the rest to to have a book or were it, were you writing a lot of them with the book in mind I and when I started writing I didn't have any any thought of actually publishing a book it wasn't something that I I thought at all that um but uh like I did sometimes put some old poems on Facebook which I cringe about now because they're a bit embarrassing you know in the first stage when you start writing but uh I I was told actually by Emma Bynan and Christina Thatcher that you know the way to kind of progress I guess is to send your work out and so I started sending my work out to magazines and I was still writing at the time and I found that actually I had enough poems to, to you know, to make, to make, that followed a particular theme mm-hmm. uh, to consider a publisher. And um, I just had a conversation with Amy Wack and she said, send me your poems. And I did. And that was <laughs> it. <laughs> that's so a that's really lucky journey when it comes to publication <laughs> yeah well yes it was um I mean not all the poems that I initially sent to her are the ones that are in the book and there are quite a few new ones kind of quite late on actually that that uh made it to the book and then others were taken out but essentially it was the same theme and hmm you know, the same kind of idea. Right. And so then I'd really, one of my favourite poems from Inhale Exile is um, Iraqi Bride in Transit. Yes. Um, A combination (laughs) of, because it kind of really encompasses the dual conversations you're having with with the reader, but also because I just love a punchline. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you'd be willing to read it for our audience. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Iraqi Bride in Transit. She's 19, waits in Charles de Gaulle Airport, unsure where to go. She hopes that groom comes for her soon. Her first experience of a plane journey hasn't been ooh-la-la. Far from her Baghdad home, her white suit is not so white now. It's the first time she wears high heels. She has blisters, struggles to balance. She wears her mother's fur coat, a white headscarf. White clutch bag holds her green passport. Feels bare without her abaya. Groom waits in Heathrow arrivals. It's the 23rd of December, 1974. Three flights have arrived from Paris in the last eight hours. No sign of her. Iraqi Christians who boarded the same plane from Baghdad, waiting for their New York flight, Recognize she's the bride. Take her to the gate. Last flight before Christmas. He is pupil. He drew drugs. She rolls her R's. Groom's lost hope. It's late. He gets up, ready to leave Heathrow. Gathers coins to make the international call. What will he tell her father? Announcement. Groom is summoned to immigration. 
Your wife says you do drugs. He realizes at that moment he should have taught his bride the correct English term for pharmacy student. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. And a really lovely note for us to end on. Thank you <laughs> for chatting to me today. It's been really lovely to hear about your process and a bit about your debut collection. I thoroughly recommend that everybody listening to this go and read Sabir's poems. And you have an example now of why, why you should do that. <laughs> and like and subscribe and review and do all those fun things. And we'll chat to you again next time. Thanks, Sabir. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Babel today. Whether it's your first time or you've been here since the start, we're so happy to have you and hope you enjoy the arts and literature interviews available. This is a free platform to project the voices of those starting out and those who've spent years journeying to this point in their career. From the new to the renowned, the 60-year-old debut novelist to the 20-year-old musician, we want to babble with everyone. So get in touch if this is you or if you'd like to do some interviewing yourself. You'll find us on Twitter at babbleshow underscore, on Instagram at babbleshow, and on www.babbleshow.com.